Welcome to the City Rev Live podcast. It's good to see you guys again, and we are going to be kicking off a brand new series today. What's it going to be called, Justin? Yeah, we're talking about relationships this fall, and we sat around, had like a five-hour meeting, just trying to bang our mm-hmm. heads against the table. Okay. Just kidding. It took five minutes. We couldn't come up with anything, and so the best that at least I could come up with is is this fall, we're going to be talking about fall in love. Wow fall in love that's beautiful for the fall about yeah. relationships really living up to the dad title i see there yes so falling in love fall in love so we're talking about relationships okay yes yeah. makes sense and so i know we're going to be kicking off part one of a two-part podcast here discussing the purpose of marriage yeah right? that's right so we'll do two parts talking about marriage and this is a good starting point to start okay. by defining marriage um and then we'll start by defining what it is and then talking about what marriage is for and what it looks like in our lives yeah that's great i think it's so important to consistently define what marriage is especially because it's so lost on our culture today and doesn't really matter what season of life you're in too you know if you're if you're praying about marriage thinking about going into marriage you need to know what marriage is if you're currently married you have to constantly keep the definition of it in front of you especially as kids come along or yeah. even when you're an empty nester, you have to be reminded of what the purpose of your marriage is, what your marriage actually consists of. That's right. Yeah. I think of, um, it's kind of a silly way to start our conversation, but I think of a recent experience I had mm-hmm. with my two boys. I was given free Marlins tickets and I've got a five-year-old and a two and a half-year-old <laughs> and like all of my dad nostalgia was rising up within me and I was like, this is going to be amazing. This is their first Marlins game. I'll get to take them. It's going to be so fun. And it ended up being fun, but I had all of these expectations of how the day would go. And we got there. It took us 45 minutes to find a parking spot in some random abuela's (laughs) house in Little Havana. And we walk over there. The boys are exhausted by the time we get to the gate. We sit down and my oldest son is overwhelmed by all the noise. So he's covering his ears and like got a grouchy face on. (laughs) My little guy is just sitting there. And as long as I kept him fed, he was fine. Like I just kept shoving food in his mouth. That's all he had to do. And he loved he absolutely loved the baseball game at that point, uh, as long as I kept feeding him food. But, the, <laughs> but I'm sure the Marlins won, right? They did not win. Oh, <laughs> they man. did not win. Okay. Yeah, shocker. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, I had these incredible expectations of how it was going to be this amazing thing, and it just did not go as I had planned. Mm. We still had a great time, and it was a memory for them. Eventually, they got into it, but it just didn't go as I expected. And I think that dynamic, when we have expectations for how something's going to go, and then those expectations aren't met. Mm. Our experience in that moment, rather than us just being open to how it just kind of happens, our yeah. experience in that moment, we can get discouraged. We can feel like, oh, disappointed. And so when it comes to the topic of marriage, I think it's important for us to define marriage accurately so we have a proper expectation mm. in marriage of what it is. That's so good. So that it affects um, how our experience in marriage is like and how we live out that purpose. Yeah, that, that's really good because the expectation you have of your marriage is how it's going to affect your experience in it. That's right. That's so great. So I know we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2 for part 1 here of the as we define marriage. And I'm going to go ahead and read verses 24 and 25. Great says this, therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife and they shall become one flesh. And the man and his wife were both naked and were not 
ashamed. And so just for some context, uh, we just finished up the creation account, right? Right. Yeah. And, and so they, we see God creating mankind. We see God creating the heavens and the earth. And then now we see him here creating a wife for the man, woman created out of man. Yeah, that's right. So I think what's a key observation to be made here is that in the Bible's accounting for humanity's origins, right there, chapter two of the Bible, describing what it means to be human, mm. foundational to this, God brings up and establishes marriage. Mm. So marriage is not this thing that's kind of on the perimeter of what it means to be a human. It is something that is foundational and mm. it is at the core of human experience. In fact, you see this across cultures and across time periods. Marriage is something that's universally experienced uh, by and large, for the most part, across uh, humanity. And so here, the Bible gives us a definition of marriage based on these few verses in Genesis. This is not an exhaustive depiction of yeah. all that the Bible says about marriage, but it is the beginning introduction of it. So I think we can get a good working definition. So um, just to kind of guide our time, here's going to be our working definition of how Genesis 2 defines marriage. Mm. It's that it's a relationship between a man and a woman marked by these three things, marked by lifelong exclusivity, unfiltered vulnerability, and loving intimacy. Oh, that's so good. Lifelong exclusivity, unfiltered vulnerability, and loving intimacy. And so I think we could just go through each of these three markers uh, of this relationship between a man and a woman, in this case, Adam and Eve as our first mm. parents. Um, but we can just go through each of these. So lifelong exclusivity. Why don't you read verse 24 one more time? Sure. Verse 24, Genesis 2 is, Therefore a man shall leave his father and his mother and hold fast to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Yes. So, so yeah. So when I think of this verse, I think of that moment in your wedding when the officiant asks mm. the father of the bride, you remember that moment, Josh? Yes, I do very clearly. <laughs> yeah. uh, it was. Uh, How did Juan do? He, he was reluctant, <laughs> I think, at first. Your father you know, to, to let finally let go of his daughter, who is now my wife, Melanie. Um, but it is such a powerful moment. You know, you, you get to to witness her walking down the aisle, and you try to see through your tears and try to process all that's happening there in that moment. But then that monumental question, once she arrives right there. Uh, with her father, where they ask, all right, who gives this woman a way to be with this man? Yeah. And and uh, I know in, in my father-in-law's case, he said, her mother and I do. Right. And he gave her a kiss on the forehead and handed her hand over to me. And it was this beautiful yeah. picture of, That's right. okay, her father has raised her up. Yeah. And he is now giving her to be joined with this man. Yeah. And in that wedding moment, it's capturing what's being described here in Genesis 2.24. Mm. There is something exclusive that is starting. Mm. Uh, not that now we dishonor our parents, uh, but now something new has been birthed. And so as a result of that, marriage becomes the most important human relationship we mm. have. Yeah. And so that moment when my father-in-law, you know, said the same words, you know, her mother and I, uh, it's a dramatic moment, and it captures the dramatic nature of this picture that it's a lifelong mm. exclusive relationship. Exclusive in a couple of ways. Exclusive in terms of 
there's no one else that has this type of bond, mm. you know, with you. Um, it's exclusive. It's not like, you know, you have this type of relationship with multiple people. It's yeah. only one person. And it's also exclusive in the sense that it's uh, priority. Yeah. Yeah, there's no one that you prioritize to the degree that we prioritize our spouse. So in the biblical definition of marriage here in Genesis 2, uh, it captures this, I don't, I don't want to skip over it, that lifelong component. It says, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, cling to his wife, mm. be glued is kind of the image. They're yeah. stuck together. They've become one. Right. Jesus comments on this and he says, in the New Testament, what God has brought together, let no one separate. Mm. And so because it's the most important relationship, uh, because it's so critical, here's what this means. That if you have a life where it seems like everything is going well, career, kids, you know, on the outside, it looks great. You're making great income. But if your marriage is not doing well, Mm. if that thing that's at the priority is not doing well, it poisons and puts toxins into every other experience of life. Mm. Conversely, if your job is going tough, and you're experiencing challenges with your children, but your marriage is strong and vibrant, that yeah. can breathe life into it those other areas. It seeps out into every other area of your life. That's yeah, right. It's beautiful. And I know there's a second characteristic we want to get to here. It's found in verse 25 where he says, and the man and his wife were both naked. Yes. What, what, what characteristic is that that we see? So in, in Scripture, this is a theme that gets carried throughout. This is the, the introduction of a biblical theme mm. of nakedness and clothing. Uh, there's a relationship in Scripture with the idea of, of being naked that gets tied into shame. Mm. And the image here in verse 25 at the beginning of it is that Adam and his wife, Eve, they're together and they're naked but they're not ashamed. Hmm. So this is before sin has entered into the picture, um, and they are completely open. They're entirely exposed. They can't hide anything from each other. There's no secrets that are available. They're completely naked, and yet at the same time, there's no shame. There's no embarrassment. There's no impulse to hide from one another or Hmm. keep something from the other. It's just complete vulnerability. And this is God's vision. It's what he wants for us when it comes to marriage. And I think it's something that, that God has instilled in us to desire, to be fully known and be fully loved at the same time. Yeah. And to be fully uh, loved without being fully known, well, that that's just superficial. Yeah. Right? You need totally. to be uh, fully known and fully loved, which is the love that we experience from, from God, yeah. right? From Jesus. Totally. He fully knows us and he fully loves us. And I think there's a fear there at times that if, if we were to be fully known, we wouldn't actually be fully loved. Yes. And so marriage is supposed to be marked by, that second mark of marriage is to be fully known and fully loved. Unfiltered vulnerability. Yeah. That's so good. I, and it makes me think about um, this friend of mine that I have who uh, one time I just asked her, I heard her, she was talking to me, and then she got on the phone, she got a phone call. And she, all of a sudden, her voice changed. It's like she was talking one way to me in real life. She picked up the phone, and then she had this, like, total formal, like, professional-sounding voice. (laughs) And then she hung up the phone and went back to talking to me the way she normally talks. And I was like, wait a minute. What was that? You know, what was that? She explained to me. She she taught me. She enlightened me. It's called code switching. It's Mm. when you adapt your speech in order to match the audience that you're speaking to. And at Mm. some level, I get that. I get why we do that, depending on the audience. 
However, the vision of marriage is that it's not filtered. There, mm. it, there's no like, well, you know what? Like, I've got to be on my best behavior. Like, yeah. it's not an excuse to treat people poorly, to treat your spouse poorly, yeah. certainly. But it is this this desire for us to be real, raw, authentic, vulnerable, honest with our spouses. Mm. And the picture is that we would be that type of vulnerable and not feel shame. And Mm. that, it requires both people. It's like a dance. We have to be willing to be vulnerable, and then we have to be willing to show grace and and care and mercy and compassion Mm. when our spouse is vulnerable with us. Yeah. Um, When you see their character flaws, and marriage has a way of exposing all those flaws in us. It really does. You can only hide who you truly are for so long. That's right. And you have to learn to love and choose to love your spouse for who they actually are. You know, if you're, if you're continually putting up a facade of who you actually actually are, a facade of your character, then your spouse could start falling in love with that facade yes. rather than who you actually are. And that creates a lot of unhappiness in a marriage yeah. and frustration in yes. a marriage because not only do you not feel like you're fully known yeah. in your marriage where you're supposed to be, but your spouse is going to feel like, you're not actually being who you are mm-hmm. and therefore cannot fully love you in the way mm-hmm. you're supposed to in that marriage relationship. Yeah. And this is something that over time in marriage, you should be growing in. Mm. And in the beginning Absolutely. of a marriage, it, it's hard to be vulnerable. Mm. It's hard to be you know, naked and not ashamed with yeah. the person and not hide you know, and keep secrets. This happens over time. But the other thing that mm. also happens sometimes is that vulnerability, it reaches a point where life gets busy and it just kind of stalls and you don't kids come along, kids come along and you've got, you've got the busyness of life and you end up, what ends up happening is you end up continuing to get to be known and loved and for, for them to know you and receive love. And when we do that, when we're known and loved by our spouse, that's a taste of heaven on earth. That's mm. an expression of, you know, oh, so God's God's character and love towards us. We get to do that for each other on a smaller scale in a smaller way. Yeah. And that vulnerability leads to what I think is the third mark yeah. of marriage that we see here in this passage. The second half of verse 25 says, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And so that, that vulnerability leads to that third part of our definition, loving intimacy. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So we talked unfiltered vulnerability. Before that, we talked about lifelong exclusivity. And then the third one is loving intimacy. Mm. Uh, and so this feature that they were naked and not ashamed paints the picture of closeness, of how Genesis 2, it's this ideal mm. It's a picture of what our marriages could be and should be and ought to be of being intimate and knowing someone, loving them and embracing them. Uh, This shouldn't excuse us to, you know, take out our flaws on our spouse. Mm -hmm. That's not the, that's not the goal here. What it is though, is it's an invitation to embrace your spouse, to embrace them. Uh, in spite of their flaws, to mm. see them, to see those the things when they're naked and not you know and exposed, and they can't hide things from you. You can you can see those in them, in their character, in the yeah. way they have impatience or anger, and you can be the the extension of the love and grace of Jesus uh, in their lives. And so this is honestly this is what we long for. This is what yeah. this is what we desire in life. And here's why I would say 
the type of vulnerability and intimacy just from a conversation standpoint, just from a communication standpoint. Mm. There is a there is a way to have an affair or to to start an affair with someone emotionally. That's emotional. Yeah. Where you're connecting with someone on a vulnerability or on a, an intimacy standpoint that may not yet be physical, but the inevitable next step after mm-hmm. opening up yourself and confiding in another person the deepest parts of your heart, and for that person then to extend a welcome to that, yeah. that is introducing to another relationship. That violates principle one, lifelong exclusivity. Mm, that's so good. And I think it's important for all of the uh, single or dating couples out there to be reminded of, of this, that this is yes. designed to uh, take place in a marriage relationship and that yeah. we have to be careful. Yeah. We're not married to that person yet, or you're single and you're not married to anyone yet. And to be uh, vulnerable with others yeah. very easily can lead to a place of loving intimacy. Yeah. Those things they, they carry into one another. And I love what you said about the idea that this is an ideal Right. This is the ideal marriage relationship. It's something we need to all be striving towards. Yeah. And so we don't need to feel like if oh, if we don't meet those standards, if we're not that just yet, that we failed. Right. And just give up. It's a reminder of the gospel. Yeah. That we are fully known, fully loved. In Christ. This yeah. is the experience that we have in our relationship with Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we need to be reminded that we have a lot of grace for our relationships, grace in this area. But this is something we need to be striving for. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, just to piggyback off that, practical things kind of as takeaways from this as we've defined marriage, lifelong exclusivity. It's, mm-hmm. a, it's a relationship between a man and a woman marked by lifelong exclusivity, unfiltered vulnerability, and loving intimacy. Uh, a practical takeaway for those who are in the dating or single season of life. Uh, something that my college pastor told me many years ago is he said, Dating, Christian dating, should not be the same thing as marriage minus the sex. Mm. And what he meant by <laughs> that, so what he meant by that is that there's a level level of vulnerability and intimacy, not necessarily sexually, physically, mm. but there is a level of that type of vulnerability that you should not be going in that depth, like so fast with someone that you're not committed to for a lifetime. There is that scriptural principle of guarding our hearts and being wise with what yeah. what and who we let yeah. in on and how fast we let someone in on. Yeah. This is something you build on and you work towards. Um, and then for those who are uh, married, I just give the, as the homework or a practical takeaway from this is just do some self-reflection, self-evaluation. Yeah. Which of these three is the area where you need to grow in most? Is it lifelong exclusivity? Is, mm. is this a priority issue right now in your life where you've given exclusive priority to something or someone other than your spouse? Mm. Um, it could be your kids. It could be um, your job. It could be someone in your life that you're starting down the path of, of having an emotional affair with, or you could be currently having an affair with. Mm. Like, are, are, are you breaking that? Is that first one, lifelong exclusivity? Second, unfiltered vulnerability. Have you shut your spouse out? Mm. Or every time your spouse tries to let you in, you shut down or you get frustrated or you don't listen. Is it vulnerability or is it intimacy? Mm. Is it that naked and not ashamed? Uh, and so which of these three uh, is it that you have a step to take to grow in as a result of this time? That's so good, Justin. So good. So your expectation of marriage will, ex- will affect your experience 
in it. Yes, that's, that's so right. Great. Yes, awesome. Well, hey, that wraps up uh, part one of what is marriage, what's its purpose in our fun fall cheesy series, Fall in Love. Falling in Love. Fall or falling? What should we call it? Oh, man, I don't know. Fall in love sounds Fall in love because it's the fall. fall. That's right. There you go. I mean, it's it's Florida. Fall in love. Fall. Fall. It's kind of a funny term. We'll see you guys for part two in the purpose of marriage. That's right. Thank you for joining us on City Rev Life. You can subscribe to this podcast, rate and review wherever you're listening to this. And we love it when you share it with your friends on social media. For more videos and content, go ahead and check us out at cityrev.org slash podcast or download our City Rev Church app. Have a great day.